Welcome to the Honest Postnatal Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Dow, a postnatal exercise specialist and a mum of two. This is a space where we talk about postnatal recovery and how it feels emotionally and physically. This can be a challenging time for any mum, but I'm here to give you hope whilst keeping it honest. So wherever you are, take a deep breath, settle in, let's get started. Bridget, thank you so much for coming in today to talk to me. It's lovely to meet you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> so I heard you speak at the Mobster event in Walthamstow yeah. and you were on the panel yeah. and we were just discussing how kind of it was quite nerve wracking for you. It, it was. I, don't, I think I was kind of feeling like I needed to be over prepared when actually I think sometimes it's just best to t- talk about your experience and your opinions without preparing too much so just to let you know I have not prepared today <laughs> that's fine I've also not prepared any questions because okay. that's better like okay. that's how I work Perfect. so it's just a chat yeah between new friends third degree tear friends um and just to help other women out there in that postnatal period that was the the whole aim of setting up the podcast was helping new mums in that postnatal period that need a bit of hope. So if we can do that today, then we're sorted. Perfect. Sounds great. Sounds so great. you are Bridget. Yes. Mum of two. Yeah. Founder of Mama Swim. Yes. And third degree tear. Yeah. So I had a third degree tear with my now 11 year old. Okay. So 11 years ago. So I guess I probably haven't really talked about it much. And whenever I have talked about it to people... At the time, um, I don't think they realized how bad it was. Yes. I think um, if now that I talk about it, I think members of my family, my sister, for example, didn't have kids at the time. And now when I bring it up or remind her or say that, you know, this happened, I think she's a bit horrified that she didn't really understand at the time how horrible it was. And I think you don't, I think to be fair, even nowadays, you don't understand unless you've had one because the definition is, isn't it? First degree, second degree, third degree, fourth degree. But there's almost like a, oh, I want to say this word, but I don't even know what it is. Chasm? Chasm? Like when there's like a, a C between like a second degree tear and a third. You know, yeah. like it's such a big gap between what happens. Um so I think if you say to someone like, oh, you've had a third degree tear, they're like, oh, okay, it's just next up from a second degree tear. But actually, it's a huge difference from a second degree tear, isn't it? And well, I also don't think anyone wants to think about it. So I don't no. really think that, um, <laughs> I don't think very many healthcare practitioners spend very much time educating people on the difference between the tears ahead of giving birth, because really you're trying to prepare mums I guess to be like in the best possible state of mind and being really positive but actually I guess there is so many things that can go wrong and it is worth knowing about them but there's a bit of a balance isn't there there's a fine balance between knowing what could happen and you know going in kind of really worried yeah um, but I think I completely agree and there is like a lot of debate about this at the moment isn't there like not scaring new mums don't tell them your story you know but Third degree tears, I think it amounts to one in 20 women will have one with their first birth. So it's a lot, isn't it? You know, in a room of women, like thinking about that event we were both at, you know, I don't know how many of us then, six of us or something in that room must have had them. So it's still a lot. And I think having that knowledge and being prepared also helps the trauma afterwards because you don't feel as traumatized if you knew what was possibly going to come. 
and also prevention you know it helps you can help you prevent them as well I think so talking about the ways that they can occur then you know could help and more medical professionals also you know so yeah it's a difficult one it's a difficult line to tread yeah definitely I think with me the way it ended up happening was um I had a water birth and ah, it was amazing okay. the the staff in the birthing center in Homerton were brilliant they were, I had two amazing midwives but I was you know I was having kind of contractions I was in active labor I had you know I was kind of diet 10 centimeters dilated kind yeah. of ready to go and their shift changed oh <coughs> so Anna from Hackney Hypnobirthing is always talking about shift changes so <laughs> so okay. they, were, really hard. they were at the side of the um you know the side of the pool and essentially they have like a spatula to kind of yes. see what's going on it's really hard for them to know completely what's going on when you're in the water yeah um, and they were like, we're really sorry, but you know, we've got to, we've got to go. And I was kind of like, really <gasps> like, no, I really want to get this baby yeah. out before they go, which is very stupid, you know, in hindsight. But heartbreaking as well. Yeah, because... well, I just spent all this time getting to know them and yes. they were so supportive. And uh, I felt this kind of connection with them. You know, I'd probably been chatting all sorts of rubbish over the, you know, the past however many hours. Um, and so... I yeah two new ladies arrived two new probably lovely midwives but I did not have the headspace yeah, to of kind of even hear their names at that point because I was you know in, in so much pain and I think I just pushed way too early they didn't really know they encouraged me to probably because they just turned up and I looked like I was you know Ready. raring to go <laughs> which I probably wasn't and um and yeah I really teared and I knew it you okay, know. so you could tell straight away. Yeah, uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, I, mean, I think maybe it's kind of obvious in the water as well. It was yeah. As soon as I stood up to kind of yeah, it was very clear. Oh gosh, yeah, it wasn't nice. Yeah, it wasn't and did nice. you get sewn up in theatre? Yeah, they take so you? immediately, pretty much. Okay, I handed the baby over to um, my husband and went into theatre and ironically had an epidural after. Yeah, of birth, course. Yeah, because you need one. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, I I don't think I don't think I was given any. Dr- I mean, I had an epidural, but I don't think I was g- given any drugs. I think I slept through yeah. the stitches because I was so exhausted. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think afterwards in the hospital, the aftercare I f- was horrendous. Mm. Um, I didn't know what had happened to me. They didn't really explain it. I didn't. I remember having my catheter taken out, and I didn't know that I'd even had one. Yeah, um, lots of just yeah lots of kind of being kind of wheeled around and not really having anything explained to me um I certainly didn't really have much chat about the kind of recovery process and what was going to happen so I think that made then when I got home much much more difficult when I guess when you arrive home with a new baby and all your family and friends start kind of coming around and everyone expects you to be kind of on you know, top form. And I was 100% pretending that I was. Yeah, of course. Um, but really, like, I couldn't go to the toilet properly for, I'd say, three months. Yeah, which is completely common if you've had yeah. a third degree tear. I think we should just put that out. It can be really hard. Yeah. Um, just circling back. So did you not have a chance to see a physio on the ward? Like they didn't send a women's health physio to explain? No, definitely no. not. Okay. Definitely not. And any follow-up appointments with gynecologists? Um, I did eventually, but I think that was probably months afterwards to have a kind of, a, you know, a, a, um, 
uh, pelvic floor check. Yes, okay. Uh, which was, by the way, done by a male doctor. And no. It was horrible. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, really hoping that things have changed. Yeah. So, luckily, I didn't have to go through this as my second, which is why, you know, I don't really have any kind of recent references of it. But, um, yeah, I think also the hormones that are going, you know, when you're breastfeeding and you've got loads of hormones and you're probably more dehydrated than usual and you've had a tear you know going to the toilet is harder yeah. anyway and I just remember you know kind of we lived in a one bedroom flat with you know one bathroom and I remember sitting you know sometimes in the toilet with a baby in a oh yeah in a car seat yes for hours just trying to go to the loo just trying to go to the loo and weeping and being you know on my own in a flat kind of you know just like really is this yeah what it's supposed to be like kind of thing um and I'd done um I'd done birthing classes with a lady it wasn't NCT but it was with a lady who's quite infamous in in Hackney called Bridget Baker okay I didn't just choose her because she had the same name as me but (laughs) she was really highly recommended and she was she was brilliant at doing that kind of like um empowering you but preparing you kind of for the worst but we I don't think we really went into tears too much um but We'd had some crossover of birthing classes where we did breastfeeding with kind of the class before us and the people who'd had babies just after us. And um, there was a message from Bridget, I think, had sent around saying, you know, a few people had mentioned that they liked swimming. You know, um, does everyone want to connect? Because obviously, you know, it's getting warmer and this London feels lighter. And I know that some mums who want to go swimming together. So we formed a little WhatsApp group. And a bunch of us started going swimming pretty much like every day oh, at wow. London Fields Lighter. Okay. This is the, essentially how Mama Swim started. Okay. So it was yeah. just a group of friends who'd kind of been connected through this birthing class, okay. um, taking it in turns to look after each other's babies whilst one mum at a time went in and had a swim. Okay. And how long after the third degree tail I was I think that this? was probably two months. Wow, okay. Two months. Two and a half months, probably. Like, I was definitely still not... So I, still I passed, early, I passed yeah. the kind of, like, six-week... Yeah. I was allowed to go. Um, but it was definitely, it was, yeah, it was still pretty early. And I definitely wasn't better, but it definitely helped, I think. Okay. I think it helped get my kind of... It helped with my pelvic floor. It helped get my kind of digestion and everything kind okay. of back into some kind of, like, more regular... Um, state definitely really calmed me and calmed this kind of I guess postnatal anxiety that you have around worrying about things Um, and I was able to build up a network with these women and be kind of probably honest with them when I maybe wasn't being honest with other people and the same for them as well um there's such a thing isn't there about finding your community I think like postnatally whether you've find your community that you've who've also torn or who've also had a traumatic birth or just any community that you can find where you've got that group of women and you can be open and you can share your stories and find solidarity in that and comfort yeah and I think a lot none of these other women had had third degree tears but pretty much all of them had had cesareans and we went to a very natural birthing class where there was a lot of emphasis on trying your best to have a natural birth which puts already lots of pressure on women and and pretty much everyone had yeah. something <laughs> something that <laughs> something happened. that happened in the end because you just you know really you can go in with a birthing plan but ultimately you you just 
you do what you do to get the baby out you um, can't yeah and you can't plan birth I think that's the one thing that we all learn isn't it like you can't plan birth at all but you also it depends what system you go into and I think now yeah god it's like a whole nother topic of conversation isn't it but it depends what you're up against as well and even things like you know the, the midwife's shift and stuff like you just don't know what you can't control any you of can't, that. yeah yeah you just can't control it but I think and I think also a lot of people's first births are difficult you know because again you you can do the plan on the paper and you can do the classes but nothing can necessarily prepare you for birth and what that's going to feel like and it's very difficult isn't it? and we were talking on you know the stairwell coming up here about sharing stories as well and that kind of fine line between sharing your story to you know to pregnant women that haven't had children and and keeping that story quiet so it's also that dialogue that's yeah, going on you don't on, want to panic it? people because you know people wouldn't have kids if there yes. wasn't like a silver lining <laughs> at the end of it and they wouldn't keep coming back for yeah like you are i you know, know third time. If, it, if it wasn't if it wasn't also amazing but i think nothing can prepare you for becoming a mum either and i think especially with your first kid is that you I think I ha- I was one of the first people in my kind of group of friends as oh, well. so, so was I yes so. and I feel like we lived at the top of Broadway market and we were oh, in nice. kind of <laughs> well we were in kind of you know like um drinkingville you yeah, know where everyone was just out having a good time and it, it I mean once we had our daughter Bonnie and started you know kind of going to classes and meeting lots of people and eventually she went to nursery we realized there's loads of parents you know but you don't tend to see them yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes at first um and it just felt like everyone was drinking Aperol spritz whilst yeah. we were you know <laughs> in at home until you know yeah. seven you know at seven o'clock we had to be home kind of making sure that bedtime happened so I think um you know there's this you know, your life is flipped upside down yeah. your lifestyle is flipped upside down but also you don't you don't know how you're gonna handle it and I mean I'm from quite a big family and I've got lots of kids uh, lots of uh, siblings, lots of cousins. Like definitely, I knew that I was, I loved kids, and I was, you know, used to kind of playing with kids and handling kids. But you don't know how you're going to feel about everything in your life changing and things being taken away. F- like and your body changing as well. Bo- you know, it's like changed. a whole other thing on top of it. And not being able to do some of the things that yes. you love anymore. So I think finding this group of women and us starting to spend some time focusing on swimming and taking the time for ourselves as well as taking care of each other's babies, oh. as well as taking care of each other, meant that afterwards we felt like we'd kind of regained some of our old self again and we just kept coming back for more because it became like we could go to a baby sensory class or a music class whatever but we didn't get the same level of kind of satisfaction and kind of um respite that we did apart from when we were together swimming so that was the catalyst really to kind of keep going with Mama Swim was I I recognized how much it changed and how much it helped me not only physically but kind of mentally be like okay you know actually all these other people have got all these different issues to yeah. me but we're all helping each other get through them and we're all facilitating and giving each other the time that we need to kind of get ourselves back into some kind of new normal and start like living as a as a new mum so um, you basically created the village you know this like this village yeah. that we all talk about that like we all need but is quite hard to find but you you created that village I think we I think we had I think I feel like we had to and I think we all recognized we had to because 
no one was from London. Like I'm from Newcastle, you could probably can't really tell. But then there was, you know, a couple of German mums. There was a, a mum up from Yorkshire. There was an Italian mum. Like everyone was from all over the place. And so no one had any family yeah. close by. So nobody really had anyone to babysit or had anyone to help take the baby at the weekend so they could go for a swim. Everyone was relying on their other half who, you know, was generally at work during the week. Yeah. Um, and even the baby classes, I think that like, you make such a good point. There's so much that you can do sensory singing, but it's very much, you know, you turn up 1030, the class starts, you sit down, you do the activity and then you, people get up and leave and you might exchange a few hellos. You might see one mum a few weeks and, you know, on a row and you might get a little bit of conversation going, but it's very difficult to sit down and say, oh, I've had a really bad birth and I've got really bad hair and like this is happening are you okay with me telling you that? You know, like, so I think what you've created with the swim is that, you know, the mums are sat there looking after each other's babies, which is already a huge amount of trust, you know. Yeah. But then they've got time to actually sit and talk. And I think that's the difference that you've created is you've done, to me, you've covered it all. You've done like the physical, the emotional, the looking after the babies, the support, like you've got it all wrapped up in this one thing. Yeah, and it comes out all quite organically, I think. I think that's what we're learning more and more now. Oh, what we're Not what we're learning, because we knew, we knew back then when it was just a group of mums and then, and then basically just the history. So uh, we set it up then. I moved to Walthamstow and I hijacked my pregnancy yoga WhatsApp oh, group. Oh, you said yes. And I said <laughs> the same. I said, does anyone want to join my group? And set it up again. And we went from Walthamstow to Parliament Hill Lider. We did the same. We spent the whole, you know... Some of us, or almost like two years of just, you know, regularly meeting. And then when lockdown hit, we set up a, a exclusive Sunday swims at the okay. reservoir because there was no more pools that were open. And we were all mums who were homeschooling and, and, you know, cooking millions of meals and kind of dealing with two-year-olds oh, at the gosh, same yeah. time. <clears throat> and... Um, we just needed a bit of respite, so we'd leave the kids at home and cycle up to the reservoir, have a swim every Sunday at 9.30, and then, and then come home. And it felt like we had a marker in the week. Yes. We had something that was just for ourselves. And we set up an Instagram account, and it just blew up because there was obviously loads of mums sitting at home being like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> like, lockdown is terrible. Everything, I'm supposed to do everything and work and, you know. Yeah. Um, Get me, get me in that cold reservoir. <laughs> I've never done it before, but I'll do it because I've got to do something. Yeah. Kind of um, and I think we're registered now as a community interest company just before the summer. So we're starting to kind of like work out what it is that we're going to be doing and applying for funding and, it, you know, planning on kind of expanding. Um, and I think when we're starting to write things down, it's when you start to write things down. Yeah, it's official. Like, it's not, you know originally it was about swimming yes so it was about letting helping each other get that exercise and get that kind of time to yourself and get that kind of like the freedom that being underwater or or being above water we're just being in water you. by yourself because i was saying to sana our producer that when you go to like mum and baby swim classes they're wonderful but you're holding your baby you don't get a chance to swim at all you're just yeah. in the pool pretty cold most of the time because yeah. you're like body's half out and you're, you know, the babies are singing songs and you're doing all of that. But you're not actually getting a chance to swim. Yeah, so exactly. the chance to swim by yourself is incredible, yeah. you know. Yeah, and pools are really busy at the weekend. So it is much yeah. harder to, and London Fields Lido in particular, like oh, all the Lidos in the like, summer months, you know, yeah. they're nowhere near as busy during the week when everyone's at work. Obviously, yes. so that's their ideal time to be going and setting up camp. 
Um, and cold water swimming. Sorry, so I just want to jump back in. So the reservoir, I'm guessing, is just regular temperature, like as in like it's not heated. It's yeah, a reservoir, so it just so gradually, it's cold. yeah, gradually gets warmer, gradually <laughs> okay. gets colder. And I mean, there's lots to be said for cold water swimming. Benefits, I think yeah. yeah, massive benefits. Um, and I think we all recognise that very, very quickly. That on top of the the benefits from kind of swimming and the time and the community, we were all like just loving the buzz yeah. and loving the feeling of, of um, you know, the strength of our bodies and the adventure, the kind of braveness of, yeah. of like throwing yourself into a big body of water and not feeling like you're trapped in in London or trapped mm. in a flat or trapped, you know, with a baby crying or whatever that y- there's, you know, you have headspace yes. literally because there's nothing, you know, it's like some high rise flats around the outside, but there's, you know, there's storks and, you know, there's like all sorts of exotic birds and, you know, um, you are in a nature reserve yeah. ultimately. So it's pretty wonderful. But I think, um, yeah. So w- when we started kind of wor- talking about, what mama swim is and you know it's about the the swimming and it's about the mental health I think what we didn't really realize or was the importance of the community side of things and the you know mums feeling lonely and not having not having the connection with people and that maybe and I'm not saying that this is a London thing because I don't think it actually is I think London's wonderful but at the same time I feel like you know, y- there's lots of different areas and you do end up building a community eventually once you've kind of settled yeah. somewhere. But maybe it's a bit harder to build your kind of community because there's so much going on yeah. and because there's so many different classes and because there's so many different types of mum. And yes. like like you were saying, when you, if you go to like baby sensory or... or or, you know, a music class and you go, it might feel intimidating, a bit like dating to yeah. kind of go and ask for somebody's number to yeah. go for a coffee. And and you would never probably say, oh, by the way, I had a third degree yeah. because p- someone, the other person would probably be like, oh, my God, that's way too, you know, too, <laughs> too, forward, much, information. too much information. <laughs> I, I can't handle that. Whereas when you're sitting around and it's very relaxed and you are very much like there to kind of communally look after all these babies, you just do end up chatting about. Yeah everything warts and all and kind of you know it'll always be the case that one person needs supporting more than somebody else or one person really needs to be the first one to go in for a swim and it's that kind of like nurturing that I don't feel like you 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 get from other baby activities so much I'm not saying you don't get it at all but you don't get it so much and it's peer-led so ultimately like we've set it up and we organize some hosted swims but ultimately the group is all about organizing the swims yourself and it being very much like you take on the kind of ethos of what it's about and you you do it yourself within our app that we have that facilitates it you do it yourself and just so long as it always has to be three mums you're not ever allowed to do it with less yeah for safeguarding you just you know you can do it and we now we now have swims at five different north london locations the ultimate plan being we move to south london and then everywhere else in the uk really is the kind of the big dream which we're writing today (laughs) it's not gonna happen anytime soon (coughs) it's not gonna it's gonna take a lot of work yeah but you're doing this so i take it as well you're doing this for free at the moment at the moment and, and have been yeah. completely voluntarily yeah so we, it's your time you're yeah. giving your headspace as well yeah there's yeah there's me and my co-founder abby and our amazing kind of head volunteer laura i mean i'd say 
we're all juggling everything and Mama Swim at the same time. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot that goes into it and there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes. Oh, of course, that yeah. People would never kind of realise. Um, so, yeah, I think the idea being that at some point we are able to bring in some income through, you know... <coughs> I mean, I've just trained to be a swim teacher, so we want to be able to teach mums to swim who can't swim, but oh, we want amazing. to offer free lessons and yes. it'd be a kind of community. Um, because know. stuff is expensive as well. You know, I was talking to... My partner Grant the other day we took the kids swimming, yeah. you know, to the Olympic pool. And I think for the four of us, something like seventeen pound fifty, you know, on mm. a Saturday. And I was like And it's one of the cheaper activities, yes, but it still is. But it's still a lot of money, yeah. isn't it? And I was like, God, it's so to me that just feels so unfair. Yeah. That to go for a swim as a family is that much money. And I was, you know, saying to him, like, how many families must that put off? And again, even just the mum and baby classes, like they are not cheap. So yeah. To be a mum who sat at home, who's potentially got post depression, and also you've got money worries, like it must be so hard. So yeah. if you're able to offer that for free, that's incredible. Yeah, and I think that's what we are going to be, you know, applying for funding to yes. run these projects. So if anyone's listening <laughs> that's got access, no, let's just yeah, big it up definitely. because, you know, or got lots of money that would like to maybe do some donations, you know, let's just put that out there yeah. because... Yeah, I mean, we, we've been, you know, we've been thinking about all the barriers to entry to even being part of our community, of, of which course, there are yes. many. Um, firstly, body confidence, you know, yeah. a lot of the people in our community are happy to put a swimming costume on. Um, you know, a lot of people are, after having a baby, that is the biggest thing yeah. that they just do not want to do. So body confidence courses with swimming attached is one of the things that we need to do to be able to get these people to actually be able to join yes. the community um, and let alone people who can't mums who can't swim of which there are so many um, because if you can't swim you're not ever going to take your kids your child, no. to swim because they, and they don't learn enough in the school swimming lessons to be able to then swim and it's a life skill you do need to be able to swim yeah um, we live on an island we live on an island, yeah. <laughs> we live need on a, to swim. Yeah, we live on an island, but it's just, it's it's mega, mega important, really. And I think it all starts with the, with the mums, because we are doing a lot of the organising yes. of all the activities. If we're not deciding to take our kids swimming, yeah. they're highly unlikely to be proficient swimmers or when they get older. Or I enjoy swimming, I think that's it. it, you know, isn't it? It's that, I think, from a very young age, being in water, yeah. feeling safe in water, enjoying it. And I think there is something about swimming, you know, I'm a runner and I love running, but I think there is something about swimming and that headspace that yeah. you get into, especially outdoor swimming. I remember going to the Lunderfields Lido and I could not get over like the swimming and then looking up and seeing the trees and yeah. just being like, this is incredible. And that half an hour afterwards, yeah, the bars and everything. Yeah. So the warmth that you feel, yeah, the kind of sun on your face or the warmth of... Or the cold night, you know, yeah. if you do it in the dark or yeah. something, but it just feels amazing. But I think, yeah, if you don't learn that or get that opportunity, and it can be quite daunting, can't it? You know, if you can't swim to get into water, it's going to be really scary, I especially mean, as an adult. Possibly the most scary thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then it's the body confidence side of things as well. Like if you if you come from a family where your mum was like really happy being in a swimming costume yes. and lounging around and not worrying about being shaved and not, you know, yeah. just happy and uh, with their own body in a swimming costume, yeah. you're more likely to be the same. Of course. So if yeah. your mum is like, you know, constantly looking in the mirror and sucking a tummy in and not wanting to put on a swimming costume and worried about it and never doing it, it's likely to be passed down. So there's yeah. these behaviours that are passed down. So I think what we try to do um particularly in our sunday group 
because quite a lot of the women are, tend to be a bit older than the baby swims because obviously okay. they've had kids, yes. you know, for, for a while. Not necessarily. Some of the mums from the baby group come to the Sunday group too. But, you know, there's mums with, I mean, like my daughter's 11. There's mums with teenagers. So you can still come. There's no like postnatal, like you can only come if your baby's like zero to two. You can still come. Uh, yeah, to the baby swims, yeah, zero Fine. to two. Okay. We're just setting up toddler swims oh, at the moment wonderful. as well. So okay. that's two to five. At the moment, that's only going to be when we've got an indoor room. Because, Fair enough, um, yeah. Which we do on Fridays <laughs> The reservoir just because <laughs> yeah. we don't want them to run into the water yeah um but then the sunday is no is no kids allowed okay so what we try to do is really i mean we fo- we take a lot of pictures of ourselves jumping around in swimming costumes oh, i did notice that on this gym because <laughs> there's the lady in the lobster swimsuit that i just love yeah like, i love the swimsuit but i love yes. her like enthusiasm yeah but I noticed there was lots of pictures. Okay, that's wonderful. Yeah, and I think what, we're, we're, what we all try to do with each other as well is just kind of reinforce this kind of like confidence and bravery and like, you know, everyone is different and everyone looks different and everyone's different sizes, shapes, heights, you know, ethnicities, whatever. Um, but just being kind of happy and joyful in our swimming costumes yeah. and having a good time and like... and and being big children again almost yes. and like really having a laugh like we're we, we you know we call ourselves kind of you know a sports club none of us are professional swimmers you know some people wear wetsuits some people don't you yeah. know there's no competition there's no judging of people who wear socks and gloves but don't wear a wetsuit or yeah head to toe neoprene you can do whatever you want but it's just like really kind of celebrating each other and I think that filters down to the baby group because you know, I mean, Instagram wasn't around when I had, I don't think, when I had my 11-year-old. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot that we can learn about and there's a lot that we can kind of take from Instagram, the positive stuff from yes. Instagram and, yeah. and kind of like really take on board and, you know, bring into our own lives. And I think showcasing mum bods yeah mum bods yeah it's a bit of a mission for us yeah <laughs> and I think also showcasing that like it's okay to take time for you yeah you know because again going back to the whole baby thing but I think in England you know we have so much of a focus on baby once you've had your baby which is fine and again all the baby classes but having this like I don't want to say luxurious because it shouldn't be a luxury but you know you're allowed to actually have some time for you as a mum to do something for your mental and physical health you know showcasing that on Instagram and being yeah. like happy about it I think that's wonderful yeah, because you come back a nicer person like, of course literally yes. and I think that was the that was a key with lockdown is like you can be banging your head off a wall because a child is refusing to do their yeah, you know course. log on to their Google classroom yeah. or whatever um and you can go and cycle up to a reservoir, throw yourself in cold water, have a coffee with a bunch of women, talk about how difficult it is and come home and like be reset and yes. calm and like able to then deal with all of the problems and all yep. of the things that you're thrown. I think if you don't ever have that break, it's relentless and you can get really resentful of the fact that you are just giving and giving and giving yeah. and nobody is giving you a break for yourself. And I think it's not selfish mm. to want that. I think somebody did post something that got shared on Instagram that was like, you know, how do you feel about, or what do you say to people when, you know, um, you're taking time for yourself? And it's like, well, I'd be a fucking pain in the neck. Yeah, and I didn't kind of thing. <laughs> you know, you really do need to take that time to be able to give yeah. to everyone again afterwards. So, yeah, I think it's kind of vital. And I think that messaging of, you know, making sure that mums realise that that's not being selfish. Yeah. Um, and that really, really helped you with your first postnatal recovery then 
mentally. 100%, definitely. Because I then became the person that was organizing this group. And I then had this also, I had this purpose. And I was almost like, I guess I was looking after myself in and looking after other people. And I got a lot of, um, you know, and I, 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 there's a lot of reward in that. I find there's a lot of reward yes, in that. Yeah. And I think you, over the years, the more time you spend, like I never really think of us as being a, a kind of like a baby group and working kind of in the childcare type of, you know, children, parent environment. But obviously we are. Mm. Um, I don't really think about it like that, but it's very much just, you know, it, it all happens very naturally. And I think everyone really feeds off it and yeah. everyone benefits. And there's been people who've you know had a promotion and they've said you know I really think that one of the main reasons that this has happened is because I've really pushed myself coming swimming you know all throughout the winter it gets down to about 0.5 degrees Mm. in the reservoir you have to crack or drill the ice sometimes to get in in the winter you're just pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and in a really supportive environment full of women who are like yeah go for it yeah ask for that money yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know you deserve it and then you have your coffee and you go home and you're like right I'm gonna write that email yeah (laughs) you know with the support of all these women and it's just you know it's it's just kind of like egging each other on in the best way because as I think as a mum like that's you know you can get so caught up in the day-to-day can't you and like really small things that you feel like you know you're just wiping someone's bum or you're like cooking someone else's dinner or you're like just getting a bit of sick off your clothes and it can all feel you know in the nicest possible way so basic and I think you can yeah. just feel like you've lost relentless relentless you've <laughs> lost yourself your identity so to be able to go and do something like chuck yourself in cold water surrounded by encouraging women like no wonder it's impacting like every part of their life yeah it gives you something to talk about as well yeah. <laughs> outside of <laughs> yes the bum wiping yes <laughs> because that can get pretty boring talking about that yeah <laughs> I mean, there definitely has been also like a massive increase in swimming since um, COVID. So, yeah. you know, there's plenty of swim chat around. But, um, yeah, we don't get bored of it. I not. <laughs> no. no. And I think have. there's so many other communities, you know, not communities that, spec- uh, you know, are specifically based around, um, you know, mums and babies swimming. But there's a lot of swimming communities that just do so much brilliant work and are really supporting um, you know their community and it's just another way of of kind of you know helping people um, whilst doing something that they love and I think that's the thing is that if we called it you know a, ca- a kind of a mental health meetup and there was no swimming involved and yeah it was just taking in turns to look after each other's kids while someone went to shopping or something yeah. <laughs> it was a slightly different feel or for a pedicure yeah. it would be it would be completely different yeah um, um but and you know. did you have any like from so from the first postnatal like what was it that drew you to swimming were you a big swimmer before this like what was it that made it be swimming yeah I think well we used to go swimming loads when we were kids okay. and um, my mum and dad still go every day oh wow yeah so they were we grew up swimming loads okay. and I was particularly kind of interested in swimming and I always you know wanted to do lots of competitions and you know life saving and you know I guess was at peace most when I was under the water with my sister doing handstands, you know, like kind of at the bottom of the pool, picking something up, you know, have it, you know, swimming was our social life. I think we'd go every Friday. Okay. um, And throughout the week, but it was like our Friday, kind of our Friday night activity because it suited everyone in the family, I think. 
Um, so almost integral to your life. And then I yeah. suppose when you potentially lost yourself a little bit postnatal, coming back to swimming probably felt a little bit like coming back to you. Maybe? Def- definitely, definitely. Like I think there's, al- there's also, even if you love something and even if you think you're really good at something, after you've had a baby, your confidence is knocked. Yeah. And I think going anywhere on your own sometimes when your confidence is knocked is really like a big deal. Yeah. And I think we say that about people coming to Mama Swim for the first time. It's like it's it's the first time that is the hardest. Once you've come once, yes. you will always come back. Yeah. Unless something horrible, you know, unless you meet someone really horrible, which is highly unlikely because <laughs> everyone is really nice. Yeah. Um, but it's that first step of like going. And I think... There's lots of people who would never swim in the reservoir on their own. But mm. swim as part of a gaggle of 20 women is a completely different yeah, thing. Course, so there's a support safe. network of it. So I think I probably wouldn't have left Bonnie with my husband and just gone swimming every day. Yeah. You know, well, I, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could have, but I didn't. Yeah. I needed to be, I needed to go with other people and we needed to gradually, gradually, you know, do it. And there were some days where people might not get in. Yeah. You know, they might not feel like they wanted to. And sometimes people came and joined us and, and didn't swim. So they just came for the support. Yeah, came and, then, and maybe eventually swam. Yeah. But first of all, we're just like, well, I don't, it's not, I've not really come for the swim. And then everyone would encourage them. Go on, honestly, you'll feel so much better yeah. if you go for a swim. I'm not really a big swimmer. Whatever. You don't need to be a big swimmer. It's just having, even having a shower yeah. on your own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having a shower outside yes. on your own. Um, washing your hair yeah is pretty amazing there's not many baby groups that allow you to go and wash your hair (laughs) i don't think there are any baby groups that (laughs) allow you to wash your hair at all so i think yeah yeah there's like not everyone is in it for exactly the same reasons and some people are mega swimmers and some people come and they're training for big things and then there's some women that have only really just learned to swim and are practicing and are just having a little float around so it's yeah but I think it suits it, it suits everybody. But that there being people who are relying on you to go as well. Yes, yeah, of course. You have to have three to go. So that yeah. if there's people relying on you, to, it's something in the diary to do. Yes. It's something to look forward to. And for it's you, a mar- again. It's a marker yeah. of your week. And you need to have some structure in your week. God, as a mum, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think once you've got kids at school, like there's too much structure yeah. all of a sudden. But before that, you need yes. to have some structure to build your week around. Otherwise, it's, yeah, it just all blends into one, I think, doesn't it? Oh, so. completely. And do you feel like this had an impact on your second postnatal recovery? I'm guessing the birth potentially was a little bit different. Yeah, maybe, I mean, it was just, I think it was just, yeah, it was really easy and very quick and... um yeah, I was com- it was completely different from the first. I did do a lot of hypnobirthing okay. to be able to not think about the first birth yeah. during the second. Because I think that's one thing is that once you actually know what can happen, yes. you, you are very tense. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, And there's another concern when it comes to tearing. Because obviously... Yes, too tight. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be tense. You do need to be very relaxed. But I definitely did a lot more um, perineal massage. Oh, Okay. And hypnobirthing and tried really hard to like forget. <laughs> yeah, which is hard, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, trauma lives on in the body. And, you know, even if you didn't think of the birth as traumatic, the pain and the tearing oh would gosh, still live yeah. within yeah. the body as like a memory. So yeah. that's, you know, it's a lot of work. You to don't want to go into labor crossing your legs. You know, no, you work. need them open yeah, <laughs> to get so, their baby out. And I think probably I was physically a lot fitter than I would have been had I not spent, you know, most weeks yeah doing a lot of swimming and so you swam during the pregnancy as well you just kept going yeah yeah I mean I just I think 
even though I'd swum loads when I was a, a child, I probably didn't swim very much when I was a student mm-hmm. and, you know, a young adult. I didn't yeah. like factor it into my, I did probably more than other people, yes. but it wasn't like a weekly thing. It wasn't anywhere near like I swim now. So I definitely kind of rekindled my love for swimming as well. Um, and so I think your body does go back to some kind of new normal mm-hmm. uh, in the best way through swimming because it is just, it's full body and it's yeah. gentle. So, so you're probably really good postnatal recovery actually because it is gentle. You can literally just get in. And you're support. You're, you're weight, supported. Yeah. yeah. And it's brilliant when you're pregnant because it takes the yes. weight off you. Yeah. And the cold water, apparently, I mean, I haven't done cold water swimming pregnant, but everyone else in the group who's been pregnant has. And you're often really hot yes so you don't feel the the cold water in the same way it's it's a real relief from this kind of like heaviness and the heat yeah of course um is what a lot of our mums have said um and they just keep on swimming all the way through and um yes i think definitely it's rekindled my love um for swimming and i think it most definitely helped me the second time around because the sec with the second child you just have different uh stresses and strains you've got yeah. the deadlines of the first kind of child you also maybe don't have the time or the money to be going to the same kind of classes yeah, of as you did with the first it's completely different um and you've probably got a bit more of a network um and you're less maybe less likely to burden other people with your kind of because everyone thinks you're a dab hand and you're like you know what you're doing you've done it already you know you don't need any help but then it was exactly the same it was the same kind of you know uh, community of sharing and like helping each other um second time round. so yeah I mean if I'd had if I had lots of other babies I'd keep going (laughs) you could keep going (laughs) well I mean I do go and help with uh, the other people's babies yeah Uh, that's slightly different obviously but it does mean you can empathize and I think that's the thing is that I think new mums they need older mums yes to advise them like my mum's forgotten half yeah. of the things that happened she had four kids and she's you know she had a traumatic birth with my sister most definitely um but she's you know forgotten lots of things from the other yeah. births whereas if you're if you're kind of constantly talking about the stresses and strains of you know being pregnant and then having a baby and then you know postnatal recovery and stuff you're able to be kind of a really good pair of ears to listen to people and to kind of you know not really advise because I don't think anyone you you don't really advise people but you just it's just about empathy isn't it yeah and you're sharing your story as well and you and I think that's all that all of us want to hear isn't it is we just want to know this is normal yeah we're not this is a phase (laughs) yeah like this isn't only happening to me so you just don't want to feel lonely and everyone's shared experience will be different you know from what birth they've had to the recovery but I think as women finding that space and finding that time to share that and coming together to do it is is really supportive and I think it's what we're really missing isn't it from today's society yeah definitely and I think that's what kind of came out of the um the mobster talk that we were at was that my theory was like You know, really, if we create more communities where mums can kind of be content with each other and thrive and kind of help each other out and share skills and share experiences and like lend a kind of a hand um, with each other, then I think, uh, yeah, I think that kind of those difficult times will be made that little bit easier. Yeah, 
that's a really good message and just thinking about that what kind of words would you have to say to like a mum that's listening to this who's don't know they're panicked <laughs> but maybe who's she can't be listening while she's going for a swim or like she can't have her airpods on so she's going for a walk you know but she's in a difficult period maybe she had a third degree tear maybe she's just had a difficult birth like what would be your postnatal like words of wisdom um you're allowed to say come swimming come swimming <laughs> <laughs> that's it uh, no well I think don't don't bottle it up. I think definitely talk to people about it. I th- I feel like I didn't talk to people about it enough um, first time around. I definitely kind of um maybe opening up about it more now because it's so it's so kind of far in the past. Yeah. Um, but I think definitely open up about it. Like don't sit in the bathroom and cry in in silence. You know, like let people know that you need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know. If if you don't like swimming, there'll be another community that you can join. But like, I think I mentioned it. Like, I mean, I also love singing. But so like, if you love singing, you can get the same kind of like community and endorphins and stuff from from singing and mm-hmm. being part of a community of mums who sing. Or if it's if it's running, you know, whatever. But if you're doing something you love at the same time as being with your baby, I think yeah. you're both gonna thrive. Um, so find something that you love and you know like just keep trying to find your place and your people because I think it makes everything a lot easier yeah of course it and does. you build friends for life you really do without trying very hard which is the ideal isn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's quite I think coming back to that point about London I think it's quite hard to make friends in London you know and I grew up here but I think it's such a transient city you know people in people and out leave all, all the time, time don't so they and they move back home yes <laughs> Yeah, and you can't, you know, you invested lots <laughs> in them and then they go. Yeah. And you can't just walk up to, you know, another mum in a coffee shop and, you know, and sit with her and ask for a number. So I think, y- yeah. I mean, you should be able to, shouldn't you? Well, you should, but you can't in London, can you? Mm. Let's be realistic. So that's wonderful that people can come and you've made it very easy to allow other mums to find their network through Mama Swim. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think you want to kind of take away all those like cons. The barriers. All, all those barriers of, of like trying too hard. Yes. Or like thinking that you're only going to be friends with somebody that wears the same brand of trainers yeah. as you, you know? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that in London. There's a lot of yeah. like kind of peacocking <laughs> and yes. like, you know, trying to find, you know, only the mums with the push shares that vibrate or, you know, or there's always loads of new gadgets and there's yeah. always, lo- you know, there's, there's a lot of difference in wealth and possessions and, you know, um, like that, there's no place for that in London. So it's just, it's irrelevant, you know? Yeah. Like you are looking after each other's babies. You are chatting. You're all from different walks of life, generally, all completely different careers. People you would probably never come across yeah. if it wasn't for this group. But this, this, this shared l- thread of the love for swimming that connects everyone. And then there's this appreciation for each other because somebody has been holding and cuddling your baby for yeah. half an hour whilst you did something for you that's kind of unbeatable so join mama swim <laughs> well well done you for setting it up i think i th- really well i haven't done it alone by any okay. means so there's a lot of mums okay. who do a lot of work and i could not possibly name them all because there's so many even just back from when we initially started but like abby and laura you know and between the three of us you know we're kind of yeah it's our passion project Okay, so well done the three of you, <laughs> plus all the others that helped out. But seriously, well yeah. done. Like, take the credit for what you've done, yeah, and you're yeah, making a massive difference yeah. to for mums. So, where can people find you? Where can they swim with you? What's your Instagram handle? 
Well, um, our website is mamaswim.co.uk. It doesn't have very much on it. It has all of the other links to everything. That's one of the things okay. that we need to build once we have some funding. Um, but we have um, an app called Halo. So all of our swims work on, on this app Brilliant. where we have a chat for every different location that we swim at and every different type of group. So we swim at Parliament Hill Lido, London Fields Lido, Park Road Lido, West Reservoir and the Feel Good Centre in Walthamstow. At the moment, there are locations, and we've got a baby group, not to two, a toddler group, two to five, a solo mums group, and then we have a kind of a you know general chat on there. Oh, and the Sunday swim group, um, and it's a bit like Eventbrite, I guess. Once if you suggest a swim, just so long as you get the thumbs up, and there's three of you, you can set up an event within Amazing. Halo, and then people RSVP, and all the chat about who's late and who's bringing what goes onto that event. So it's really easy. All the pools know us um, and are very supportive of us, which they need to be because there's no crashes. So we are yeah. providing a service yeah, you are. <laughs> for them, <laughs> getting lots of mums swimming, <laughs> um, which is our pitch for funding. Um, <laughs> But yeah, our Instagram handle is at Mama Swim with two M's, M-A-M-M-A Swim. Um, and yeah, hopefully over the next few years, we'll start tapping into kind of funding pots and be able to run more specific projects to kind of diversify and get more mums who would not normally be able to show up at our communities, able to show up and join our groups. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming in today, Bridget. No I know you're running off to teach swimming now, <laughs> yeah. aren't you? Yeah. So you've like you've put this in and now you're off for a swim. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be swimming. I'm going to be like teaching. standing around <laughs> in the water like like you do when you take oh, your yeah. child swimming. <laughs> just about four hours of being wet. Oh, so yeah. see if you can maybe just get a little solo dip at the end or something yeah, that for that be, headspace. That would be nice, definitely. I will definitely try. Good. Amazing. Okay, Thank you so much. You. you too. Thanks very much. Thanks, Bridget. See ya. Bye. Bye if you've enjoyed listening to the honest postnatal podcast today please leave a review and hit the subscribe button this way we can reach more women with honest postnatal stories and if you'd like to message me you can find me on instagram at honest yoga ldn